Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Yesterday was Governor Mike Parson's second State of the State address. The folksy former sheriff talked for 54 minutes. He argued that the state's growth was the envy of the Midwest. Missouri now ranks seventh in the nation for small business wage growth. And at a 3.1%, our unemployment rate continues to remain at historic lows and what has been below the national unemployment rate for 40 consecutive months. Another example that Missouri's growth is strong and that we are on the right track. Not to mention that the African-American unemployment rate in Missouri has dropped from over 10% in 2014 to 5.5% today, nearly in half. And Governor Parson suggested various areas for additional spending, including job training. And he gave a general outline of his plan to combat violent crime in St. Louis, Kansas City, and other big cities. So joining me today to talk about it is Jacqueline Driscoll. She is St. Louis Public Radio's State House reporter, and she's joining us today from the Capitol. Jacqueline, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. And we're also joined by St. Louis Public Radio politics reporter Julie O'Donohue, and she is also in Jefferson City today. Julie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. And if you're listening out there, we're wondering, what did you think about the governor's speech? You can give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. Jacqueline, I want to start by asking you about crime. Here's what Governor Parson had to say about that. During my six years in the United States Army, 22 years in law enforcement, And as a lifetime member of the NRA, I have never, ever wavered my support for the Second Amendment. But we all have to understand the very real issues of violent crime affecting our neighborhoods and the potential consequences of doing nothing. By working together, We have come up with a solution to help combat violent crime, such as providing greater protection for victims and witnesses, providing more mental health resources and services, and finally, strengthening our laws to target violent criminals. Now, the governor had earlier been quoted backing modest gun restrictions. Did he say anything about that yesterday? He alluded to some of it in his speech when he talked about making sure that the state takes care of violent criminals. Um, When he met with uh, mayors of the four largest cities in Missouri several weeks ago, he mentioned that he was in favor of some so-called red flag laws, but he kind of backed off that a little bit. Um, And he has for quite some time. Sarah, when you spoke with Speaker Har, he mentioned that um, the press took him out of context. Um, I got to sit down with him earlier this morning, and he mentioned he wasn't quite sure what a red flag law was, um, but he did support making sure that violent criminals, um, domestic abusers, they had things that would 
stiffen their penalties. And I was asking him specifically about gun control there. So um, he did allude to it, but it, it seems as though he's kind of backing away from it as we grow closer to the 2020 election. And he said he doesn't even know what a red flag law is. Yes, he wasn't sure on the correct definition. And I'll give it to him. That's a, that's a term that's used nationally. And some people, that may not be a familiar term to some people, but he mm-hmm. is in politics. That's something that's used very commonly. Um, so it, it was interesting to talk to him a little bit about that. But but yeah, it's it, he is it, it seems as though he's trying to appease both sides here. Right. When I when I spoke with House Democrats after his his speech yesterday, he meant they mentioned that they thought that this was just lip service. He was just saying this to the mayors, but then he was going back to the Republicans and saying he's not in favor of this. So it will it, it will be interesting to see how it unfolds. We actually have some audio from your conversation with State Representative Crystal Quaid. She's the House Minority Leader, and she was quite critical of the governor's speech as a whole and then the lack of particulars in his crime proposal. He's wanting to celebrate a whole lot of things while we are having a whole lot of Missourians suffer. Uh, he talked a lot about uh, success in workforce development while we still have uh, lots of folks living in poverty and children losing their health care every single day. Frankly, I, I feel like where the governor's at with his proposals, uh, for lack of a better word, is a lot of lip service. He's been meeting with the, governor, with the mayors of the, the four largest cities, but we're not seeing actual proposals that will make any serious change. That's State Representative Crystal Quaid, the House Minority Leader. Um, Jacqueline, he mentioned some specifics of, of what he might want to do in terms of this violent crime problem, including witness protection funds. Um, has he illuminated more details in terms of what he wants um, since he doesn't seem to be taking on guns? Right. That witness protection fund is important. Um, Julie and I sat through a budget briefing prior to his speech, and he's um, allocating, he would like to see $1 million go towards that. So it, it really bulking up what local police chiefs, county sheriffs, and other law enforcement agencies throughout the state can do. He really believes that this is going to be an important part of combating the violent crime. And we've seen that um, definitely as specifically in St. Louis when he talked with Mayor Letta Cruson about his violence plan and kind of sending in more boots on the ground. Now, a couple times in this crime-focused portion of the speech, the governor mentioned the need for more mental health resources. But then it seemed like he kind of pivoted pretty quickly to a more traditional crackdown on crime. Here's one example. We will continue to promote initiatives that incorporate more mental health resources into public safety, provide more targeted and tactical support of the pursuit of violent criminals, and encourage more coordination among law enforcement. We know some of these efforts are already paying off. Operation Triple Beam in Kansas City and our commitment of state personnel in St. Louis has achieved remarkable results, including the arrest of hundreds of violent criminals, gang members, and the seizure of nearly 30 pounds of illegal drugs. That's, again, Governor Mike Parson with a pretty quick pivot from the idea of mental health resources to talking about arresting the bad guys. I'm wondering, have either of you heard any specific proposals um, that relate to more money for mental health or uh, increased earmarks for maybe some existing programs? Um, Is that something either of you are hearing about? 
I'm sorry, Sarah, can you repeat the question? We didn't hear it. Ah, we seem to be having some audio difficulty here. Um, talking about the governor's pivot from talking about mental health issues to kind of going back to the importance of, of arresting the bad guys. Wondering, has he put any um, specifics into any plan that would increase funding for mental health resources or perhaps buttress existing programs? Yeah, this is Julie talking. Um, yes, in that budget briefing that Jacqueline and I attended, he went or his staff went into a bit more detail about what he's proposing for mental health. So he's proposing an additional about $50 million for behavioral health and developmental disabilities services. Um, he says that that's going to help uh, about 2,500 youth and adults with behavioral health issues. He also is devoting about $1.4 million in his budget proposal to expanding mental health services to regions of the state that don't have them. I'm not sure what regions those are because he wasn't specific, but there are, there do seem to be some things where he's putting more money into mental health services. Hmm. Um, he also talked about the importance of job training. What are you seeing in terms of, of specifics or his thinking on on the programs that um, could use more state support? He, I mean, workforce development has been a really common theme throughout his tenure in office. And job training now is kind of what he's focusing on this year. Julie and I, again, we sat through that budget briefing and a lot of it was focused on um, workforce. He's got like $4 million going towards a workforce incentive grant. He's got a lot of stuff, a lot of dollars going towards like career readiness programs as well as high school equivalency exams. So people who aren't necessarily um, going on to college or finishing high school but have these skills and these trades that he believes will be beneficial uh, to the Missouri economy. He's de- he's definitely pl- made that an, an important priority. And he, oh, sorry, he also did uh, advocate for uh, increased teacher pay. But on this front, it, he didn't really come forth with a proposal of his own. Walk me through what he's asking for there. Well, um, he didn't really address this in his state of the state. Um, Julie and I actually spoke about this after when we were kind of digesting what he said. Um, You know, he got a standing ovation from the entire chamber when he talked about increasing teacher pay, Democrats and Republicans. And he didn't get that um, all of the time, you know, in in every part of his speech. But as soon as he said the big, however, this is not something that I believe the state should just write a blank check for, it kind of put the Democrats back in their seat. Um, Mm. They took it as, you know, he didn't want to allocate any state dollars. When I spoke with him this morning, um, I attempted to clear that up. And he said, no, it's not what I said. I said, I don't want to write a a blank check. I do believe some districts, some tax dollars, some local tax dollars should be going to help with this. He is not totally against state dollars going towards this. How the legislature responds, we don't know. And Julie probably has a little more insight. Yeah, I talked to Republican Senate leader um, Senator Schatz after the speech, and he said he was in agreement with the governor that teacher pay needs to be increased, but that locals need to, I guess, put some skin in the game. Uh, and and, and ha- that's how I would put it. So I think he, I, I think the Republican leadership might be on board with his strategy. I agree it was a bit odd to put it in the speech and then to sort of say, but we're not sure we're going to use state funding for it. 
Yeah, it was kind of interesting. It was like, bring me a proposal, local districts and State Department of Education. But from what you're saying now, it sounds like maybe he was genuinely encouraging them that he he wants to make this happen. So it'll be interesting to see what happens on that. Um, one other thing I wanted to sort of get your take on, and that's the one part where Governor Parsons seemed to go a bit off script. And it wasn't actually the part where he said he was going off script, which was a tribute at the end to his wife. Um, earlier in the speech, he talked about Mrs. Bernice Jones, and she's a woman he met in St. Louis. And this is an area where he kind of like uh, seemed to speak a little bit extemporaneously about how they'd bonded over being grandparents. He praised her as a community leader who could have left St. Louis but didn't. And then he said he'd visited her after gun violence claimed the lives of children in St. Louis. Here's what he said about that meeting. I had the opportunity to go to Mrs. Jones's home, a very humble home, typically like most of our grandmas would have, clean, well put together. And we sat there, and she sat on the couch, and I sat in a chair right beside her. And we visited, and she told me the trials she had living where she lived and things that were happening in her neighborhoods and her streets. And during that conversation, she pointed to the wall between me and her, which is about three feet apart. And she said, Governor, you see that hole right there? That's a bullet hole. Come into my house. People, we can do better. We can do better. And if all of us had a few minutes and a little bit of time to spend a little time with Mrs. Jones, and we all worked a little harder to understand what she goes through, this state and this nation would be better off. And that's Governor Mike Parson talking about a St. Louis woman named Bernice Jones. It almost seemed like the perfect setup to talk about this issue of gun violence, but that's not really where he went with this. What do you think uh, overall, Julie, was the point he was trying to make with this kind of long-winded anecdote? Well, I think there's typically a lot of these types of anecdotes in state of the state speeches. The the person speaking is often trying to connect with people or personalize issues. So I think some of what he was trying to do was to say something along the lines of, I feel your pain, Mm. right? Even though I am a former sheriff, I am a white man from a rural area, I do feel your pain and I, I hear you. So I think that's a little bit of connecting. I also thought it was a little bit interesting. I thought he was trying to signal to the Republicans, and I may be wrong about this, but I thought he was trying to signal to the Republicans that this is a serious issue that we really need to take on, that this is not something we can ignore. Hmm. And I also think he might have really connected with this woman. I mean, I don't I don't think that this was all about politics. I think he really did have some sort of connection with her when he came to St. Louis to talk to people about these issues. That's Julie O'Donohue, a politics reporter for St. Louis Public Radio. We're also talking to the State House correspondent, Jacqueline Driscoll, about yesterday's State of the State address. We need to take a very quick break, and we'll be back shortly to continue this conversation. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. 
And now back to our conversation. We're talking to St. Louis Public Radio reporters Jacqueline Driscoll and Julio Donahue about yesterday's State of the State address, 54 minutes from Governor Parson. Now, State Auditor Nicole Galloway gave the Democratic response, and the way she did it seemed rather unusual. Rather than give a speech, she produced what was basically a three-minute commercial. Julio Donahue, do you think that was an effective move on her part? I think it was an effective move. I think it's okay to take risks. And also, I think that the format of having someone just talk into a camera to respond to these types of speeches is a little bit tired. It's kind of old school. Well, I think it was okay to take a risk. I thought the video was very well done. It did come across more like a campaign ad than a response to a state of the state speech. But I don't necessarily think that was bad, uh, given what the alternative would have been. I'm wondering, I mean, you guys were there yesterday talking to lawmakers. Um, How did this particular response play with them? I don't really know. I didn't honestly, I didn't talk to anyone about um, about how it played with them. It didn't really come up when I talked to people. Okay, so it didn't seem to make a huge response either way. People weren't laughing at it, but they also weren't applauding it. Right. Uh, I mean, when we I spoke with the House Democrats, they didn't mention Galloway. Um, We got an email response from the Senate Democrats and and that also didn't mention Galloway, although the Democrats are pretty firm on the fact that they're sticking with the Medicaid script. Um, They want to make sure that they um, keep this at the front of their talking points. People getting kicked off of Medicaid is something that's important. So, yeah, that was the focus of this three minute response. And and now that we've talked just briefly about the style of it, let's talk a little bit about the substance. Um, A lot of Missouri kids have lost their health insurance from January 2018 to June 2019. The number of children covered by Medicaid in Missouri dropped by almost 95,000. That's a 15 percent drop. It's the steepest decline in the nation among children. And that's really the point she was hammering home in this response. It seems like, yeah, she's got some facts here. The question I'm wondering for, for you guys is, is it fair to lay that drop at the feet of the governor? I think it's a little um, difficult to do that. Uh, Julie and I obviously were, were new to Missouri, so we, we we haven't been following this for, you know, the since the beginning of 2018 when it when it was uh, beginning and, and ongoing. Um, I think that it, there's a combination of issues. I think primarily what the Democrats are saying here is they would like to be critical that the governor doesn't seem to be responding to it appropriately. Whether it's his fault that almost, a, well now, 100,000 kids have been kicked off or not, he's not responding. And I think that that was their primary message. Um, but the governor remains firm that, you know, this has been a cost savings uh, tactic for the state, kind of reorganizing what's going on with Medicaid. Um, he he b- believes there was a lot of fraud. There were a lot of people that were using Medicaid that didn't necessarily qualify for it. And he applauded his director, um, Director Richardson, for making sure that it now runs more efficiently. Uh, Auditor Galloway, in her three-minute video, she said she thought he would not address this in the State of the Union. And what's interesting is he actually did. He just took a much different tone than the Democrats. In fact, I think if you weren't up to speed on this issue, you might not realize that they were both talking about the same same issue here. So I want to play some audio. Um, and this is Governor Parson talking about this same Medicaid issue in a way that, that maybe the casual casual listener might not connect. By rolling up our sleeves and doing the hard work, 
We have generated impressive cost savings. The single largest area we have been able to find savings is the Medicaid system, which accounts for over $10 billion, over one-third of our state budget. Under the leadership of Director Todd Richardson, a new level of accountability and enforcement have been put back in place. Both common sense things expected by the average Missourian. The results has been a savings of $84 million, further protecting citizens who need the services most and taxpayers who deserve their tax dollars be used wisely. While some in the press are eager to criticize the improved efficiency or outright broken for many years and unpredictability serving every Missourian who is paying for it. At the same time, opponents have been criticizing our increased accountability. They have also been promoting expanding the system. But the reality is that expanding the system comes at the cost of other vital services, such as education, workforce development, and improving our aging infrastructure. So make no mistake about it, the vague proposal they are not explaining or purposely withholding is a massive tax increase that Missourians cannot afford. So that's Governor Mike Parson in his State of the State. And here he seems to be really taking on this idea of Medicaid expansion. And we know there's a, a effort to get that on the ballot that citizens are working on. He has said that he wasn't going to fight that. But this sounds like some fighting words here. What do you make of that? Well, I think he said he wasn't going to fight it if it passed. Mm-hmm. Now, it hasn't passed yet. Julie, so, that's an excellent point there. <laughs> so, so, I mean, he can fight it until it passes, I suppose. I mean, I want to point out one thing about what he said there. He may be claiming that they're saving $87 million in the Medicaid program, and that may be true. But Medicaid is still growing in this state by $600 million, according to his own budget officials, between this year and next year, Hmm. including $200 million in state revenue. Most of the money comes from the federal government, but it is still growing, which is something he kind of left out. Now, it's growing, I would suspect, in every state, like literally every state. So Missouri is not unusual in that way, but to sort of imply that you know, the program is shrinking or something. It's not when it comes to to what it's costing the state. It's only shrinking in terms of the number of people it's serving right now, not Hmm. in terms of cost. I also thought it was interesting in that clip we played. um, He does sort of attack the press a little bit there. And and Governor Parson is certainly not a Greitens type who's made that a part of his persona. Was that at all surprising to observers that he would sort of take that dig there at the press corps? This is Julie again. I I don't think so. I think it's become a popular thing, particularly for Republicans, but for people in both parties, frankly, to attack the press. I think in this case, when the press is saying things that you don't want to hear and frankly emphasizing that 100,000 children have fallen off the rolls, the Medicaid rolls, don't have health insurance anymore, 
is something that maybe the governor doesn't want to hear about or answer questions about. I think that this is kind of the where where we see some politicians go. Hmm. He also talked about putting $100 million into a cash operating fund. Has he given any specifics about um, where this money is coming from, what he means to do with it eventually? I think Julie and I can both tackle this because in a way, no. I mean, essentially, um, it's kind of like a rainy day fund. But as Julie mentioned when she was speaking um, with the budget director that they already have one of those, it's basically right just to have for some one-time expenses that the state may need. Um, yeah, Julie. So I I think what I tried to call it in my story was a contingency fund. Mm-hmm. And it's basically, it seems like they were saying, we want to have this fund in case there's an economic downturn or a major natural disaster so that we have funding available to deal with that. I think it may also be to appease some Republicans who are worried about several uh, potentially large expenses coming towards the state, um, including Medicaid expansion and some other things. I think that maybe it's to appease them to say, look, I am trying to be conservative moving forward. I am trying to prepare for those things that might happen to us. Hmm. I've got one last question for you, and it's actually a question for both of you. I know that you both took jobs covering Missouri this year after covering the statehouse in other states. I know, Jacqueline, you were in Illinois, and Julie, you were in Louisiana. And now that you've sort of lived through your first state of the state address, I'm wondering what's different about Missouri um, than these other places. Julie, any thoughts on that? Well, um, the the structure of the address is pretty similar. I would say in Louisiana is actually having a very similar problem with um, children and people dropping off of Medicaid. Hmm. But there, um, people are kind of outraged about it. And to, to be fair, I don't think lawmakers are getting phone calls from people saying, where did my health insurance go? Which is confusing to me because in Louisiana, that definitely happened and people got very up in arms about it. Hmm. So that's the big difference I've noticed. That's a really interesting contrast. Jacqueline Driscoll, any thoughts about the differences between Missouri and Illinois? Oh, it was everything I dreamed, Sarah, yesterday. Um, <laughs> no, they're pretty similar. A lot of pomp and circumstance for for the governor. It's, it's a really easy way to, you know, get some campaign messages out there um, in, in a way that, you know, everybody throughout the state can hear several times, not only that night, but, you know, the next day as we're talking about it again. Um, a highlight reel, it's a way for them to lay out some key initiatives that they'd like to see in, in the upcoming legislative session. So pretty similar, um, but it, it was a good day and I was happy, happy to cover it. Well, congratulations to you both on surviving your first Missouri State of the State. Um, And St. Louis Public Radio Statehouse reporter Jacqueline Driscoll, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. And St. Louis Public Radio politics reporter Julie Donahue, um, thank you for your first St. Louis on the Air appearance today. Yeah, it was great. Thanks. (laughs) We hope to have you on again soon. Um, This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU.